0: ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل لا ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله والسلام عليه thumma amma ba'd alhamdulillah alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islami wa sunnah all praise and thanks belong to allah for guiding us to islam and for guiding us to the sunnah this is a ni'mah that is tremendous indeed undoubtedly wa Bila rayb uh... we continue going over some important some important matters in light of the the book in the sunnah in this class Primarily it's a sister's class But this is not to say that brothers also cannot benefit from it Because Bila shakku wa The things that are going over That we're going over here, then this is incumbent that everyone knows them Now it is incumbent that everyone knows them and they are firmly grounded in them so that we may benefit But in particular the address here and the focus and target group here. Are the sisters, because their importance is of extreme importance when it comes to rectifying a society. And this is because any society could be measured as regards to its health or lack thereof by looking at its smallest unit and the health of that smallest unit, and the smallest units within any given society, then Bila Shekwa Bila Raib, that is the, the family, that is the family. And if the family is strong, then this is an indication that the society is strong. And if the family is weak, then this shows the weakness of the society. And when it comes to the rectification of the family, then undoubtedly the sisters, they play a very key, vital and important role. It could arguably be said that they play the most important role as relates to it because they are the teachers of the children and they are the educators of the next generation Alakul <laughs> It is a commitment that every Muslim rather every human being that every human being and we say every human being because Islam is a deen, is a way of life for all humanity for all human beings from the men and from the jinn Islam is for them now, it is not for one group to the exclusion of another group, but rather it's for all of mankind. And it is incumbent and it is important that as, as we are rearing our children, that we interact with them and we have different ways of educating them. From those ways, are, or is to educate them via Q&A, questions and answers, Now, that we we'll ask them a question and then teach them the answer so that the next time you ask them the question then they know the proper answer. Because when it comes, every Muslim male and female, they have to know three very important matters. Those matters are abd rabbah, that an individual he has to know who his lord is. He has to know who is his lord, abd and an individual they have to know what is their religion. And everyone they have to know Who is their prophet So we should teach our children Amongst his manner Asking them Who is your lord To which of course They will respond by saying Allah And then we should ask them Who created you And they will respond by saying Allah And then as we Go into the park, or yani to the beach, or to what what have you. That we point out to our children, and we reinforce this lesson to them by asking them, for example, who created this shell? And of course, Allah. Who created the the birds, the seagulls, yani, and the like? They will say Allah. Who created the ocean? They will say Allah. So on and so forth. Now, so as to so as to reinforce this within our children, and this is something that is a very good exercise that we should employ when it comes to our small children now and of course this is more specific or this is uh, being said to the women more so we should say because typically they spend more time with the children so their reinforcing of these things it will be of greater value than the limited time that most fathers have however this is not to say that the fathers are off the hook and they have no responsibility as relates to this, but no, rather the father should strive to educate his family. He should strive his earnest and his best to educate his family and point them to those things that will benefit them, strive his earnest to educate his family and to show them and to point them away and deter them from those things that will hurt them, those things that will harm them. This is a very, very, very important uh, very, very important responsibility that is on every Muslim man, every Muslim woman. We are still talking about what are the conditions for La ilaha illallah. We have completed the meaning. What is the meaning of La ilaha illallah? This tremendous statement by way in which an individual will enter into Islam. This kalima that is a kalima that is baqiya. Yani, uh, it is a kalima that remains, uh, as we have been informed after our father Ibrahim alaihi was Our father Ibrahim alaihi was he called the people to la ilaha illallah. And Ibrahim is how we say uh, Abraham in Arabic. Now, the father of what they say, the father of the monotheistic religions. But likewise, those prophets and messengers that came before Ibrahim, they also called their people to La ilaha illallah from the prophet Nuh or Noah and the like. They called their people to La ilaha illallah. And all of the prophets after Ibrahim called their people to La ilaha illallah. So the prophet Musa or Moses, he called his people to La ilaha illallah. The Prophet Isa, Jesus, he called his people to la ilaha illallah. And likewise, the final Prophet and Messenger Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he called his people to la ilaha illallah. So it's incumbent that we understand what is the meaning of this. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us inside of his noble book, and verily, we have sent to every nation a messenger saying and proclaiming, Worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities. Worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities. And this is the call of every prophet and every messenger. All of the prophets and the messengers of Bani Israel the children of Israel, all of the prophets and the messengers that have ever been sent to the earth, they have called their people to worship Allah and Allah alone, to worship the Creator and not to worship the creation. Because the only one who deserves to be worshipped is the creator. And hence it goes back to the meaning of La ilaha illallah, La لا, لا معبود بحق إلا الله. That none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. So by that, this is the covenant that the believer takes where they يعني, acknowledge and they testify to the fact that all forms and all acts of worship Then they belong to the Creator. They belong to Allah and to Allah alone. And that there is no one or no thing that has any portion or deserves anything as relates to worship. Whether that thing is a prophet or whether that thing is an angel or whether that thing is a rock, a stone, a tree, celestial vati, so on and so forth. All of the worship belongs to Allah and Allah alone. So our fasting is for Allah Our prayer is for Allah. Our sacrifice is for Allah. Everything we do is for Allah and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Now, this is key. This is key. Because as the ulama, they mention that la ilaha illallah is miftahul jannah. That la ilaha illallah, then this is the key to jannah. Now, this is the key to heaven. If we want to go to heaven, then we have to... We have to testify and bear witness to the fact of La ilaha illallah because this is the very purpose that we have been put here on this planet. We've been put here on this planet, and the reason for our creation, the reason for our existence, is so that we establish the worship to Allah and Allah alone, that we establish true monotheism to the Creator of the heavens and the earth and all that exists inside of the universe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us in His Noble Book. And I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. Now This is the purpose of life. That we establish worship to Allah and Allah alone. This is the purpose of life. That we adorn ourselves with the true way of life that Allah has revealed to mankind inside of throughout all of the books. All of the books that were revealed to the prophets and the messengers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He was calling human beings at those particular times era, and yani eras inside of yani, uh, this, this, this world to worship Allah and Allah alone. They were being called to Islam because every single prophet, every single messenger, then they were a Muslim. They were Muslim, naam, in their religion. Was Islam. Their way of life was Islam. Because Islam it means that we submit ourselves to the will of Allah, that we submit ourselves to the will of the Creator. We submit ourselves to the Creator by way of Tawheed, by way of true monotheism, and we worship him, we worship him alone. That we Yani submit ourselves to the Creator and we are compliant in obeying Him. That we obey His commands and we follow out His commands and we stay away from the prohibitions. We as Muslims We free ourselves from polytheism and from the polytheists, all forms and all types and all shapes of polytheism. We free ourselves from it. This is what it means to be a Muslim. And every single prophet and messenger, you find this was their way, is that they called their people to worship the creator alone. And they warned their people from the worship of idols. They warned their people from the worship of false deities. So on and so forth. And because the religion or the deen way of life we should say of Islam is complete, then we have guidance for every single thing inside of the deen of al-Islam. So from how we live our lives on a day-to-day manner, from how... Yeah, and he, uh, the world is run and so on and so forth. We have guidance as relates to it. Now We have guidance as relates to it. And we implement these things and we do these things because ultimately we want to go to heaven. Ultimately, we want that when we meet our creator, that we meet our Lord on the day of judgment, that he is pleased with us, that we meet him while being from the people of true monotheism. We meet him by being of the people who followed his prophets and messengers, that we meet him by... by being those who have adorned themselves with the true way of life and the true religion and that is (coughs) al-Islam back to the point la ilaha illallah is the miftah, is the key for the jannah but every miftah it has asnan every key it has teeth those ridges that are on the key these are the teeth and if we were to shave down one of the ridges then we will find that the key will not operate it won't work Na'am. If we to shave down two, we find it won't work. The key only works when you have all of the ridges, all of the grooves, all of the teeth. Then the key will work. Na'am. So, when it comes to La Ilaha Illallah, we have to know, first and foremost, what is the meaning. We have to know what are the arkan, what are the pillars of La Ilaha Illallah. And we went over what are the pillars of La Ilaha Illallah. Because the pillars of La Ilaha Illallah, then they are two. They are two. Na'am. Who remembers which one they are? Now, Affirmation and negation Affirmation and negation, <coughs> <coughs> Affirmation and negation. Naam. That we affirm all worship to Allah and Allah alone And we negate worship from everything that is not Allah Naam. So anything other than Allah, then we negate There's no worship for it Naam. So would it be truthful to say that as Muslims It is completely prohibited to worship Muhammad That's true? Of course now, Muhammad wasallam. he doesn't deserve anything from worship. Okay, is it true to say as Muslims, we do not worship Jibreel, the angel Gabriel? Is that true? Yes, we do not worship Gabriel. Why? Because as mighty as he is, he is not worthy of worship. Nothing from worship belongs unto him because he is a slave of Allah he worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Na'am. So this these things are important, naam. And when it comes to other than Allah from those things that are worshipped, then we understand as comes inside the Kalima of La Ilal Allah that their worship is done so in falsehood. We negate this. It is not correct. It is not proper. And the delil, and that is because Allah, He is the truth. And verily, that which is called upon other than Him, then is done so in falsehood. So, those things that are called upon other than Allah, then is done in falsehood. Whereas the only one who is worshipped in truth, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these are from the keys of la ilaha illallah. Likewise, there are conditions that are also from the keys of la ilaha illallah, that if we do not fulfill these conditions, then our utterance of the statement of la ilaha illallah, then it will not benefit us. So these also, all of this are very key, important things that the mothers in particular, have to one be upon themselves they have to be firmly grounded in these matters and two they have to convey this to their children teach their children and starting from a very early age a very early age and do not underestimate the intelligence of children children they in many cases can do a lot more than we perceive now they're a lot smarter a lot of times than we may recognize children are very smart they, uh, they, they watch very well, and they pick up lessons even when we don't think we're teaching them lessons. So it is a commitment that we don't underestimate their intellectual capacity, and that we teach them from a very, very early age. The true belief: Who created you? And have them say Allah. Who created the tree? They will say Allah. So on and so forth. Where Allah? They will point up. ar Rahman al The Most Beneficent is above His throne. From an early age, you can teach children these things. From the conditions that we also have to not just teach, but instill inside of our children and inside of ourselves if we truly want success, is that we have to teach them that La Ilaha Illallah, it has conditions. The first of those conditions is Ilm. is knowledge. Because if they don't have knowledge of what La Ilaha Illallah means, then... How will they benefit? Na'am, they, will, they won't be able to benefit And they won't be fulfilling the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As Allah ta'ala he says Fa'lam la ilaha illallah, And know, have knowledge That nothing has the right to be worshipped in the truth except Allah So Allah commands us to have knowledge about this Allah commands us to know To seek, to study Na'am? So if our children are unaware of how to say it And if they are unaware of its meaning Then how can they ever properly believe in it? كَيْفَ How can you believe in something that, that you're ignorant of? It's impossible. You will not be able to do it. Na'am? So the first condition from the conditions of لا إله إلا الله is علم. علم Then we have to know its meaning. Na'am? We have to know its meaning. نَفْيًا وِإِثْبَاتًا We have to know its meaning and that يعني, it negates and that it affirms. That it negates and that it affirms. Na'am? المُنَافِي لجهل. The type of knowledge that will negate ignorance. Now, A type of knowledge that will negate ignorance. So we say that we have in in it to, uh, so as, as as such that we cannot be categorized as being ignorant of it. Now, That makes sense? That we have to know what is the meaning of la ilaha illallah. And of course, like everything else in a religion, وَمَدَّلِيلُ What's the proof? The proof was the aforementioned ayah from Surah Muhammad. And his verse number 19. So sisters, this is a verse that you have to get down. So that's Surah Muhammad in his verse 19. And on the homework, Binilahi Ta'ala, all of these would definitely be on the homework to provide what are the conditions with their proofs and evidences. Now with the proofs and evidences. And in particular, the proofs and evidences that were mentioned here in this class. So, Surah Muhammad, verse 19. Allah Ta'ala, he says, أنه لا إله إلا الله. And know, have knowledge Have knowledge نعم. That none has the right to be worshipped in truth Except Allah And it comes a hadith عن Uthman bin Afan رضي الله تعالى عنه وأرضاه قال, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من مات وهو يعلم أنه لا إله إلا الله دخل الجنة. And it's a hadith صحيح Rawahu Muslim. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said as it comes in the Hadith, Hadith of Uthman, where he said that the Prophet Sallallahu he said, whoever dies, man matter. whoever dies, wa well, huwa ya'lam, whoever dies and he knows, whoever dies and he knows, meaning he has ilm, he has knowledge, Now, it's important to understand this. To know something means that you implement it, Now, To know something means you implement, you have knowledge. Because if you're aware of a certain thing and you go against it, then that's, that's tantamount and that equals ignorance. Na'am? So what it means that you know, it means this person, he knew that none has the right to be worshiped the truth except Allah. And they worshiped Allah alone and they did not worship anything else. However, the Shahi here is the kalima ya'lam. This is the, yani, wajh istilal here is the phrase ya'lam, that they have knowledge. Because the condition, the first condition is that we have knowledge. Na'am? So if you look to the verse, it says, Have knowledge. Have knowledge. It commands us to have knowledge. If you look to the hadith, it says, who يَعْلَمْ And he has knowledge. That whoever dies and he has knowledge, that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, al jannah. Then they will enter into the jannah. Does that makes sense? So is a must. Having knowledge of this, it is a must. It is incumbent that we have knowledge of this. And this is why these things are tremendously important that we teach our children these things. And I want everyone to do their own evaluation. Do, you, do a self-evaluation. Look at your family. Before that, look at yourself. Look at yourself and to see, do you know the meaning of la ilaha illallah? Do you know the conditions of la ilaha illallah? Do you know the pillars of la ilaha illallah? Ask yourself these things first. Because in fact, The one who's deprived of something, they won't have the ability to give it. Now, I stress this, of course, with the sisters as well. Because, or with the sisters, يعني, we should say. Because there are many things that we often rush to teach young children that... Are beneficial to them, no doubt, but whose benefit is temporary, meaning it's only that which will benefit them here in this life overall. And those things that will truly benefit them in this life and in the next, sometimes we are neglectful of them. So when it comes to, when it comes to teaching the children A, B, C, one, two, three, we make sure they learn this. We make sure they learn this early. A for apple, B for boy, yani C for cat, so on and so forth. We make sure they learn these things early, and we put a lot of time and effort into teaching them the likes of these things. Now, I'm not discouraging that, because that's very important and it's very beneficial in the life of a human being. However, to do that and not teach them the likes of these things, who is their Lord, to do that and not teach them the meaning of la ilaha illallah, to do that and not teach them yani how to properly say la ilaha illallah and so on and so forth is a tragedy. Because these things are that which will help them here in this life and in the next life. It will help them here in the dunya and in the akhirah. Nah. You know? So it is important that we continue and we strive to teach our children these very important lessons. And that we make sure that they can say properly, La ilaha illallah. We make sure that they know its meaning. And they understand what it points to. And they understand its conditions. So on and so forth. But... We can't do that if we don't get it ourselves. And this is, "Yani, hence uh, from the reason why these things are being spoken about first and foremost as relates to these uh, classes. Because yes, they are sister classes because we want our sisters to benefit. But we want our sisters to benefit in such a way that it's almost like teacher training. So that they could therefore become better teachers to their children. Better teachers to their nieces and nephews. Better teachers to their sisters. And so on and so forth. This is of tremendous uh, importance. The next condition is Yaqeen. That a person has to have يعني, uh, certainty. Munafi المنافي للشاك. They have to have certainty and they can't doubt it. Right? Because if a person were to doubt La ilaha إلا الله, they were to doubt what is the meaning. They were يعني متردد. Right? They were apprehensive. I, I, think, I, think, I think it's true. but I don't know. I, I, think, I think this is the meaning, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's true or not. And so on and so forth. Then it won't benefit them. If they come to it apprehensively, if they come to it and they have doubt, then it won't benefit them. But they have to have yaqin they have to have certainty. Na'am? Because when a person yani, a, a belief that is true is, a, is, is that which is certain, you have no doubt about it. Na'am? That when it comes to who deserves to be worshipped, Allah, a person is in doubt and say, "Well, I don't know, maybe maybe the moon, maybe, I don't know, maybe a tree, maybe, maybe a cow, maybe. no, 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 maybe. Those things do not deserve worship. Allah deserves worship alone. That's it, alone. Na'am. So, we have to be certain about it. And if a person doubts, if a person doubts, La ilaha illallah, then it won't benefit him. It won't help. It won't benefit him at all. But they have to have certain knowledge of it. And what is the proof of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in His noble book, and this is in Surah Al-Hujarat, Surah Al-Hujarat, in his verse 15. Na'am. So again, Surah Al-Hujarat in his verse 15. Sisters, there are musahif on your side. I believe some translations of the Noble Qur'an there as well. Yani, if you have time or the app on your phone, whatever the case is, turn to the verse so you can look at it as we go through it. Allah Ta'ala, He says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَّسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ That verily, the believers, they are those... Let's go back, verily, because this is the same word, in Na'am? like we took in hadith 40, like we took in the, alhamdulillah, like we took in a 40 hadith class, right? And remember we said that innama is a word that is restrictive, right? It is a word that is restrictive, meaning that you understand from it only, right? Like in the ayah, al that verily the believers, they are only brothers, na'am, they, they, they're nothing else, they're brothers, na'am. Which is yani you know, a tremendous thing. But we understand that only part from Innama. Just like in a hadith innama al amalu bin Niyat, that rarely actions are only but by their intentions. They're only by their intentions. That's it. Now whether they're correct or they're not correct, and so on and so forth, and that is only and solely looking at their intention as relates yani you know, to that, that 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 portion or that yani you know, condition for the acceptance of, of, of deeds. Now but, and that every action has an intention Everyone will be rewarded based upon what they intended now, So we find this same word coming here again المؤمنون, That verily the believers The believers are who? They are only The only ones who are believers The only ones who are believers So when you say the only ones then it means these are the only ones who are believers And those who are not yani, Adorned with the following characteristic Then that means what? They're not believers That makes sense? That means they're not believers So Allah Ta'ala he says that Verily the believers they are only Those who say the, The believers are only those who believe They're only those who believe in Allah And in his messenger And then they have no doubt Then they have no doubt So The part And the point of evidence Here in this ayah Is what statement Remember, to establish certainty. So what phrase in the verse identifies that certainty must be established? Who knows? And then they have no doubt. If they have no doubt, what does that mean? Because they are Certain. Now, having no doubt is because they're certain. So, Allah Taala says that verily the believers are only those who believe in Allah and His Messenger, and then they have no doubt. They have no doubt because they are certain. So, we understand the opposite: they have no doubt because they're certain. Now, so that's that's the point of of, of reference. So, a person was to say to bring you the ayah, and they say, "Okay, this ayah here. How is a proof that leads to certainty? It leads. They have certain, Or how's the proof that, to point out certainty? It points out certainty because they have no doubt." And the opposite of doubt is what? It's certainty. That they're certain about it. And this is of tremendous importance. The takeaway is that, and also to show us how, for those who are interested and in concerned with benefiting, is that the believers are only these ones. And if they don't fulfill this condition, they're not, they're not believers. Persons don't doubts it. Is there heaven? Is there really a hell? Uh, I don't know. He doubts, he doesn't know, he's not a believer Because when you believe in something, you believe in it Right? You know it's, you know it's correct There's no doubt about that, you know it's correct is, 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 Does Allah exist? There's no doubt about that, yes, of course Does Jannah exist? Yes, of course Does the hellfire exist? Yes, of course That's why we do what we do That's why we, that's why we pray That's why we do things that Allah loves and is pleased with Why? Because we want to go to Jannah We don't want to go to hell We want to go to heaven, we don't want to go to hell Now, this is why we live the lives that we live, while we're nice and kind to animals, while we're kind to other human beings, while we establish everyone's rights, while we're kind to our parents, so on and so forth. Now, we love our parents, no doubt about that. Now, we love, yeah, human beings and, you know, people love animals and so on and so forth, but that is not the motivating factor. The motivating factor is because Allah commanded us to give everyone who has a right their rights Allah commanded us to be good and dutiful to our parents Allah commanded us to be dutiful to other human beings and, and, uh, and treat them appropriately. Allah commanded us to be dutiful to the animals, to be kind to the animals. Allah commanded us to be dutiful yani, to the roadways and so on and so forth and to not throw pollutants and things that may harm people inside of the the, the, the walkways. Now, so all of these things from our yani, uh, conservationist spirit of uh, not polluting and, 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 and taking care of the earth. Right to being good to our parents, to establishing rights, to giving charity, so on and so forth. All of these things are taught to us in the deen of al-Islam because these are things that Allah has commanded us to do. These are things that Allah loves and that Allah is pleased with. So when an individual yani, uh, is concerned about pleasing their Lord and they have yani, God consciousness, as they say, yani, muratabah in Arabic meaning that they 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 live their lives in such a way that they that that they acknowledge and they know Allah is watching them now they live their lives in such a way that they know That the creator is watching them. And this is a very important thing that we have to teach our children so that they know Allah is watching you. Allah knows what you're thinking. Allah knows what you're, the games you may be trying to play or the things you want to hide. Allah hears you. Allah sees you. So on and so forth. Because that, by way in which if a person understands that reality, then that by way of which they'll be able to govern their actions. So that they would, they're not going to say this thing even though they may want to say it, they're going to withhold from saying this bad word, this bad thing, this bad word, because they know Allah is not pleased with, these, with, with this type of foul speech and foul language. They, they may want to act out or do certain things, but they know we're not going to do that because Allah is not pleased that you will act in such a, a, a bad manner, that you will steal or you will lie, you will cheat, so on and so forth. Allah is not pleased with these things. So therefore, they're not going to do it. And the motivation that they do it is not because they're scared of Abby. It's not because they're scared of their father. It's not because, oh, Baba come home, He's going to get you. Now, before they're scared of their father, they're scared of Allah. Before they're scared of their father, they're scared of Allah. I don't I don't want Allah to be angry with me. I don't want to meet Allah and then I go to hell. I want Allah to be pleased with me. So when you find that we, yani, teach our children this true, yani, this true uh, 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 faith, now, then The fruits of it will first be the the enjoyment of it will be reaped reaped by the parents because they will have good children, dutiful children, children that don't lie to them, children that don't try to swindle them, children that are not disobedient to them, children that are not undutiful to them. So they're going to be the first ones to benefit And then all of the society, because they're going to take that outside the homes. So they're not going to infringe upon the rights of the neighbors. They're not going to fringe upon the property of the neighbors. They're not going to speak bad to the neighbors. Now, it will, tra- it, I mean, it will translate into a very good, outstanding, wholesome human being, a good member of society, always trying to bring good to the people and trying to push away from them harm. Now, this type of things, I mean, they don't come out of nowhere. Individuals have to be taught the likes of how to excel And to carry these things out in light of the book and the sunnah. Now these are not things that a person would just figure out on their own. So on and so forth. No not in its totality. But in order to. An individual to being pointed to the best way of life that they can possibly live. To live their best life. Is that they have to do it in light of the book and in the sunnah. And where that starts. Or where it should start. Is inside the home. That's where it should start. Those who want guidance. Allah will guide them. Ma'am. Those who want guidance, Allah will guide them. Allah's promise, He will guide them. So, there are individuals who their parents didn't teach them. They grow up the wrong way and Allah guides them. And then they become Muslim and they see what is true because they wanted the truth. They were searching for it. Ma'am. However, this should not be the route that we want to subject our children to. This is not the route that we want to subject our children to. No, figure it out when you get older. Right, And the reason why, is obvious. We don't do that when it comes to the things of the dunya, do we? No. We don't tell our children, oh, you figure out it later. I'm not going to teach you how to hygiene. You'll figure it out. When you get older and you start not smelling right and your teeth fall out because they're rotten, then I think you'll figure it out. Maybe you should brush your teeth and you should wash and bathe. We don't do that. But we teach them from when they're little. Wash your face, brush your teeth, take a shower, you know what, It'd take a bath, gotta take a bath We teach them when they're little, put on lotion, yeah, oil your skin, comb your hair We teach them from when they're little about these things We don't leave them just to figure it out So we are concerned about these things from hygiene, which is also from, from Islam that's, that's, that's from the deen, na'am, that's from the deen This is more so to the brothers now To the brothers, yes, it's from the deen Na'am, a proof of this, right? Is that uh, Jibreel alayhi Salam, when he came to the Prophet, and he asked questions, he came and his, his throat was exceedingly white hair, exceedingly black, meaning that what? He was clean. He came with beautiful looking clothes. He came in the most finest way, and so on and so forth. And at the end of that hadith, the Prophet, he said, he came to you to teach you your religion. So the manner in which he came is very important. So as Muslims, we have to be concerned with hygiene. The Prophet he said that if he thought it would be, what yani, means, if he thought it would be a, 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 a hardship on his ummah, on his nation, he would make them brush their teeth. Right? For, 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 for every yani, uh, salah, for every wudu, make them brush their teeth. You see? So, this shows us that what? That being clean is being cleanliness from the deen. Nam tahara sul iman. Now, I'm, I mean, cleanliness is is a great portion of 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 of, of faith. So, I'm saying to say is that this is that for the brothers in particular. From the way and manner that we treat our women, good, is that we stay looking sharp. We stay with our hair combed, with our beards combed. You moisturize your skin, you moisturize your hair, you put on oils. Now, I mean, so on and so forth. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I mean, his wife said that when he came home, the first thing he would do was to be to brush his teeth. When he woke up, the first thing he would be to do was to brush his teeth. Why? Because you don't want to engage with your significant other and your breath is not right. Now, so it is important that what that that, that men also that we take you know, just like we want the women to get nice and you know dress nice for us and you know and that type of stuff, our, our wives and that. Then as men, we gotta do that too. We have to look good for our women. Now, so that means you gotta do some push-ups, sit-ups, whatever the case is. Stay in shape. Now, I'm staying in shape. Hey, look, look good for your wife. Nah, smell good for your wife. Don't let her catch you when you're not smelling well. Don't let her catch you when your breath is not right. Carry your siwak. Brush your teeth. Because the brushing of your teeth, yani, it, 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 it's pleasing to Allah. And it, and, it, and, it, and it freshens your breath. These are all beautiful good things that we are encouraged to do in the deen of Islam. Naam. eloquently had. All of these things are of tremendous importance. Naam. What is another proof and evidence that What's another proof and evidence that we have to have certainty? Ma'am? There comes a hadith the rawahu Muslim and it's from the hadith of Abu Huraira, radhiallahu ta'ala anhu that the Prophet ﷺ he told to him من نقيت من وراء هذا الحائط يشهد إن لا إله إلا الله يشهد إن لا إله إلا الله مستيقنا بها قلبه فبشره بالجنة the Prophet said, and I'm just going to try, give you the translation, I want you to tell me what is the point of evidence, yani, uh, which shows that having certainty is from the conditions of La ilaha illallah. The Prophet said, whoever you meet from behind this wall and they testify. Because the Prophet Sallallahu and Abu Huraira here in his, in, his, in his hadith, they were in like a garden or some place where it had walls around it, right? So the Prophet he told him, whoever you meet outside this place, outside these walls, and they testify that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, and their heart is certain, then give them glad tidings of Jannah. Give them glad tidings that they're going to go to heaven. now So now what's the point of reference? What's the point of evidence here in this hadith? Is which part? Who knows? What is the point of evidence here in this hadith? Which states, which which shows us that we have to have certain. We have to have certainty. As relates to la ilaha (laughs) illallah. Huh? that, That their heart has what? Their heart is certain. Right? That whoever you meet behind this wall and they say, La ilaha illallah. Yani they, they testify, they testify that none has the right to be versed in the truth except Allah. So that right there shows us what we're talking about. That we're talking about the shahada, That whoever says, La ilaha illallah. Right? right? And then the Prophet ﷺ said that their heart is certain as relates to it. They say it and their heart is certain. Now. Because to testify to it and your heart's not certain, it doesn't, it doesn't help. It's not going to benefit you. But you have to what, testify for it, testify to it, and your heart has to have certainty as relates to it. So if this was you know, established, you brought these both of these things together in an individual, that they testified that none has the right to be worshipped the truth except Allah, the and then they were certain about it, their heart was certain about it, then give them glad tidings. So that's how a person... They would be yeah uh, they they would uh, benefit from it. Now for في that the person that says it in order for them to enter into the Jannah, the Prophet ﷺ made a stipulation that their heart has to be certain. bihi biha بيه that his heart has to have certainty as relates to to La ilaha illallah, so it's a type of certainty that negates doubt. So there's certain to a type of certainty that negates doubt. Now, and this is of tremendous importance and things that we have to instill inside of our children from an early age, especially when you let them go out into the world. And go amongst Yani yeah, I mean, the wolves, as they lack for a better term, as they say, because sometimes when they're not properly educated, right, when, they, when they don't have the proper rearing and the proper Islamic education, they start to have doubts. They start to have doubts. Right? They start to become confused. They have doubts about their religion. Anybody who you come and they say they have doubts about Islam, Yanni, yeah, I mean, uh, nine, 9.5 times out of 10. Nine point five times out of ten, let's say no ten times out of ten, they have doubts and they are ignorant they're ignorant with a type of ignorance that is easily removed with knowledge, but because they don't have that knowledge, they have these doubts now so it is incumbent if we want to save our children, our families ourselves from falling into the likes of these doubts, then we have to have knowledge because when you have knowledge and the doubt comes, you can easily remove the doubt with the ilm, with the knowledge now. But when you don't have knowledge and a doubt comes, the doubt might take you out. Because now you don't know. You don't know what to say. You don't, you don't understand. Now so it is a commitment that we prepare our children so that they are certain and they yani, um they have no doubt as relates to it. Nah, InshaAllah ta'ala. Uh the next the next uh, condition is the condition of acceptance that we have to accept it now. Because if a person knows the meaning, they don't have doubt as it relates to what the meaning is and what it points to. But then they don't accept it now. Would it benefit them? And of course, the answer is no. It won't benefit them. Now we'll get more into that in the next class. Inshallah, But for now. Yani, to, uh, a, a proof to show us how it didn't benefit Because they wouldn't accept it Was like uh, Hirakul, naam? The, the emperor of Rome The one that was yani, uh, ruling And when the caravan Came through from the Quraysh And he questioned them About the Prophet naam? Hadith Hirakul, naam? The, He knew He knew, he had knowledge And he knew certainty he, was, he, he wasn't confused about it He knew that the Prophet Was the Prophet He was the messenger of Allah But when he saw From his, from his people That they would not accept that And that he could not stay In his position of power And authority And riches if, if, if he were to accept Islam When he saw that They wouldn't go for it Then what did he do? He rejected He, didn't, he never accepted Islam so did, so did it benefit him? No He didn't, he didn't accept it Right? Uh, A very uh, small example as well will be like if you're hungry. Right? You're hungry. And you're going to on 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 the brink of dying from starvation. And then you get presented with food. And you get presented with with water. And you say I know that's food. I know it's going to help me. I know that's water. I know I need to drink it. So on and so forth. And I'm certain about it. I have no doubt. I need to eat that food and drink that water. But then you but then you push the plate away. You push the you push the tray away and you don't drink it. Will you benefit from that meal? No. Not unless you accept it. Not unless you eat it. So just your knowledge of it and being certain about it is not gonna help you if you don't accept it. And this is how you see that all of these are are are, are, are key components and intric intri- uh, what do you call it? Uh, teeth on, on this key. That if one is not there, it's not gonna benefit. If you don't accept it you won't benefit if you don't have knowledge about it you won't benefit because you, you can't accept or, or, or you not know, have certainty when that what you don't know about if, if 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 you doubt it you won't benefit yeah. now. so if you have knowledge and you accepted it but you doubt it you won't benefit if you have knowledge and you're certain but you don't accept it you won't benefit if you if, you know to the end of it now. so we need them all and this is why it is so so important for us to know now, And it's so important for us uh, to teach and to continuously go over and to make sure our children are well versed as relates to them. So, for this week, we have taken the first condition, we have taken an ayah as a proof, and a hadith as a proof. We have taken the second condition. Likewise, we have an ayah as a proof, Surah Al-Hujarat, verse 15 and we have taken a hadith as a proof and this will be on the homework and as relates to the proofs and the evidences when it comes to the to the hadith then you have to know who is the narrator where is collected and what is the hadith now what is the, who's the narrator where is collected and what is the hadith naam and as relates to the ayah then you have to know where it is contained where yani uh, chapter and verse you have to know where it is, chapter and verse Now, And all of this will be on the homework. And we'll save going into the third in more depth and detail to the next class. And that's what we'll pick up on Bitni Lahi Ta'ala. Fa naktafi vihab al-Qadr Muhammad wa ala wa Wa